Welcome to Man Up, a podcast by men, about men, and for men who want to be better fathers, husbands, leaders, and followers of Jesus. Are you ready? Man Up. Yes, sir! Welcome, welcome, my friends. I'm your host, Jared Bowman, and this is Man Up. Your podcast with all the encouragement that you need to be a better father, husband, leader, and follower of Jesus. We're a band of brothers. We're soldiers. We're comrades in arms. And we fight side by side, shoulder to shoulder, hand over hand, and mile after mile until each of us has helped the others attain the high calling of Jesus. Well, guys... It's just you and me again. And I've got to be honest with you, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I want to let you into my world for a moment, because I think it will help with where I want this episode to go. It's a little before 4 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. Normally, I have the podcast uploaded and distributed across various platforms by this time, and I'm looking for questions that are popping up about it on Facebook and things like that, and making sure that it's shared. And here I am in my office recording. And I've got to tell you, this this really isn't a surprise to me. I knew this was coming. I've probably known it since last week. But it's coming because it just feels like things have not been going my direction lately. I've had a number of guests that have had to cancel and haven't been able to be on, and I've had a number of episodes that I've recorded and shared that I really thought were going to be well-loved. The guests were great. The information was great. It was just, they were just awesome episodes, and very few people actually tuned in and listened. And then I began to notice that for a few weeks, our audience numbers had been drifting downward and and going at a dropping at a pretty precipitous rate. So I reached out to some friends. I talked with Kenny Embry or chatted with him on Facebook and he told me, "Hey, it's it's just the nature of summer, you know, podcasts go down." And I looked at my numbers and I thought, "But do they go down this much?" I mentioned it to Chris Emerson and he told me about the same thing and just encouraged me, "Just keep creating." And I thanked him, and I looked at the numbers, and I thought, but is it worth creating? A lot had happened over the last few days. Lauren had to go out of town for some family events that she needed to be at. So she and I were apart for about a week, and during that time, uh, Will became ill, and we didn't know it at first, but we realized it late last week that it was covid And he got over it pretty quickly. But that also meant that we had to quarantine on Sunday. We weren't able to be with the Lord's people. And it was, that was really discouraging to me. I I can't remember, honestly, the last time I was that discouraged. And then Monday rolled around. And while nothing happened on Monday, I, I noticed by Monday night that my thoughts had filled with a lot of negative self talk. And this is not a pity party for Jared. I'm, I'm using this as, as an example of what I think we all go through. But I was sitting there and I was thinking about man up and thinking about 
the recent episodes with with guests that I thought would be absolutely loved and to see how poorly those episodes have done and how they really haven't caught fire over time even. And I I thought about, biblically speaking, and some really, really in-depth stuff we've been doing on Revelation and how well I thought those episodes were going to do and how they would they would likely attract people that maybe we could have some Bible conversations with. And while some of them were well-watched, none of them were really none of them really caught fire the way that I thought they would. And I got into this place where I was telling myself or asking myself that internal monologue, that question, why are you doing this? And we know when that happens, that, that when that question comes up, we begin to exaggerate the negative. We start to say things to ourselves that we know aren't quite true. Nobody's listening. Nobody cares. This is just worthless. It's, and we begin to sort of fill ourselves up with this kind of self-loathing. And I got to tell you, there have been times in my life where that kind of negative internal monologue, that kind of self-talk, has stopped me from doing some very important things. And while I think that man up and biblically speaking are both very important, and I'm not about to give up on them, I there have been times when maybe the things that the internal self-monologue kept me from doing were arguably more important than a podcast and a YouTube show. And I say all this to say a couple of different things. One of them is kind of a programming announcement that I'm going to be making some changes to man up. I feel like it was going well, but maybe the format's gotten a little bit old. So I'm sort of rethinking about how long the episodes are, how how wide the episodes drift, how to make them more tight, how to how to construct a, a tighter narrative and and a a more engaging discussion. And I've got some things like that planned for biblically speaking as well. But as I'm sitting here behind this mic. I realize that I'm talking to dozens of people, dozens of men who are all afflicted with exactly the same disease. We all give in to these moments where we raise questions about our worth that keep us from doing the work or the good things that we know that we should be doing. And while there are arguably times when it probably just doesn't matter that much. I mean, I let negative self-talk talk me out of uh, finishing up uh, my senior year as a trumpet player in high school. I had, I had played trumpet for seven years. And the negative self-talk, that was in some cases exaggerated by people out in the world, kept me from finishing that up. It's not really a huge deal. But we all suffer from these moments where the person who's telling us that we're not good enough, we're not strong enough, we're not fast enough, we're not capable enough, we're not smart enough, we don't have the resources, nobody likes us, nobody cares, where the people that are saying that are not the people in the world. It's rather the person that's looking back at us from the mirror. And I'd love to get your comments on this. 
I'd love to know what you do in those moments where that conversation becomes so bleak and you are your own harshest critic. I can tell you what I typically do. I typically throw myself into something different I, until I find that distraction kind of purges the paralysis. And that, that's the point that I was at and the reason why we don't have a guest today. As I got into this point of, of production paralysis, I didn't feel like any decision I could make was right. And so there's a half a dozen people that are waiting on me to send them questions that could I could have added to this show. But every time I started, I thought, I don't really have a voice on this subject. So that's typically how my negative self-talk manifests, is this kind of production paralysis. And, and I have some outlets for that. Sometimes I'll throw myself into reading, or sometimes I'll throw myself into Bible study, or sometimes I'll throw myself into writing, which is what I've been doing lately. I've been doing a lot of writing, and I used to write a lot of Bible class material. Uh, during those times, but that's actually become kind of a source of, of stress for me lately because there's just so much material that needs to be written. So I've I kind of threw myself into a novel writing project over the last few days just to try to clear my head a little bit. But we all have the things that we do. Some people go out in the woods, or some people go for a run, or some people go shopping. Not that I endorse that last one. But I'm curious, as men of God, there are just things that are too important for us to give up, and, and they are not immune from that kind of negative self-talk. Our relationship with Jesus is one of those things that we will tell ourselves, I'm not good enough, I stumble too much, I fail too much, I sin too much, and, and that all of those things are, are likely true. But that doesn't mean that we can't get up and carry on. Our families are certainly one of those areas where that kind of negative self-talk applies. I, I hear it and will. Sometimes he's reached that age where the voice of his friends is so important to him and he will take a lot of their criticisms and he'll make it his own and, and amplify it in his own mind. And Lauren is, ex is exceptionally good at catching that and telling him, you, you have to stop talking about yourself that way. Our roles as husbands are one of those places where we can't give up. We may not feel adequate. We may not feel, some of us may be in situations where we don't feel loved or connected with our spouse, but we know that we can't give up, that, that it's a storm that we have to go through rather than a life sentence. And when we know that it's too important to give up on, when we know that we can't just walk away, how can we do better? And how can we get out of this mode of being our own harshest critic? And in some cases, our own enemy. You know, the world throws a lot of verses at us about this. I, I've, I did a little research on this this afternoon as I was sort of preparing these thoughts. To, to, and I realize this episode's a little more vulnerable than most of them that I do. But I was looking at dealing with negative self-talk spiritually. I can't tell you how many times Jeremiah 29, 11 came up. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper and not for ruin. 
That's a wonderful verse. But that's also a very short-sighted use of that passage because that's not really about us. I've seen people use Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I did a whole YouTube episode on that in the early days of Biblically Speaking. Bible verses that we misuse. And we're going to be getting back to some of that stuff on Biblically Speaking. I have some ideas about where I want to go with that channel. And I, I want you to come along with it. It's going to synergize a little better with Man Up. But one of the verses that I really thought, and that I think about a lot when I'm in these moments of, of negative self-talk, of condemning myself and giving up on something that's, that's really important. And again, I want to stress, I'm not giving up on the podcast. Is Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. i got to tell you, when you stop and you think about that, that negative self-talk, it's both unkind and untrue. We're unkind to ourselves. And oftentimes when we're unkind to ourselves, we also end up being unkind to others. But do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good report in the sight of God and man. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that he wants him to write on his heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. He wants his son to remember this kind of covenant with God. That if I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I, and I seek his ways, I, I give my way to him, then he's going to help me walk the narrow way. Meaning, if I'm trusting God and I'm, I'm doing this for his glory, then God will find a way to use man up and biblically speaking for his glory. And it might not ever bring any kind of glory to me. It might not ever rebound to where you know thousands of people are downloading episodes and things like that. It might not ever become anything but a discussion between you and me and a few of our friends. But I have to remember, I need to remember, that God can use that, yes, even that, for his glory. And that if I'm acknowledging him, if I'm trusting in him, if what I am doing, I am trying to deliver as good for him, then at some point I need to realize that's good enough. The second thing that I realize is eventually I need to look and I need to understand, I need to see that the negative talk that is very much akin to self-destruction becomes destructive to others around us. Maybe it's just me, but I live with two people who are keenly aware of the emotional environment in which they live. 
And even though my discouragement or my frustration or the negative conversations I have in my own head might only be about me, I would have a very hard time convincing the other people in my household that it was also not about them. And I've noticed that a lot of times when I get into these modes of negative thinking and I get into this place where where I don't feel good enough, it's often because I'm missing a goal that I'm trying to achieve. You know, a lot of us have worries right now. There's a lot of worry in the world. Most of us are probably thinking about inflation. We're trying to figure out how we continue to to live in a world where it costs a whole lot more to live. Most of us are probably thinking at least to some degree about the geopolitical situation, and most of us are probably thinking about the direction our country is going, sort of the divide between the woke culture that seems to be interested in captivating, if not taking captive, our children, and yet trying to teach them to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. There's a lot on our mind. And one of the things that I've noticed, at least culturally, that is frustrating to a lot of our brethren is that we always feel like we're on the losing end. And why not? I mean, Jesus told his own apostles that if the world spoke good of them, they needed to watch out. He told them that a disciple is not above his master and that if the world hated him, they would hate them also. He even warned them in John 16 that men would deliver them even to death and think that they were serving God. And what's interesting about that is I look at our culture and I see how much morality has been reframed by this idea of Good and right and righteous are defined by a do-no-harm kind of concept, that they're not objective, that they're absolutely subjective. In fact, one of the great lies, and I'm going to do an episode of Biblically Speaking on this very soon, one of the great lies that we have told ourselves is that truth can never be objective that one person can have their uh, one truth and another person can have another, and that truth is never objective. And when we look at that and we look at the state of our world and we wonder why it is that we're in this position of, of seeming what seems like growing absurdity, where I don't think 15 years ago any of us thought we would be debating about about the kinds of things that we're having to argue about in our culture and how quickly we're spiraling. I think most of us feel like we've lost something. Like, maybe the wheels are just not attached anymore. And you know, it's in those moments that that negative self-talk tends to project outwardly. 
And it's in those moments that the people who are closest to us feel, or can feel at least, as if we are pushing them away. And the reason why is because we feel so small and so insignificant. And that takes me right back to Proverbs chapter 3, that we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart. But you see, it's also the same issue that we see in James 4, where the brethren are fighting with one another and devouring one another. And and James even asked them, he says, where does all this come from? It, It comes from your desire. It comes because you're fighting for the wrong things. It comes because your mind is set on the worldly thinking that he warned them about in the previous chapter. But when you get into James 4, and he says, what's the source of the quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, and you commit murder, and you're envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel, and you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture speaks to no purpose when it says he jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us? But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, be miserable, mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Think about that. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy be turned to gloom. Some of the things that we are so frustrated with is that we've run out of the season of life, maybe, where we feel like we can laugh and that we can have joy. And we're in this difficult, tense situation where it feels like like a goal or a victory that was so certain just a few months ago is slipping from our fingertips. And we're asking questions like, why, God, are you letting this happen? But that's not the time to resist God and go the other direction. It's not the time to let that negativity spill out of us so that it poisons the relationship around us with our brethren, with our our wives, with our children. It doesn't affect our standing as husbands and fathers. It's a time when we should humble ourselves in the sight of God. Well, what does that look like? Well, it looks like being a godly husband and a godly father. It looks like being a godly servant. It looks like, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's exactly what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 6 when he told them you can't serve both God and mammon. He tells them where your treasure is, your heart is going to be also. And when our goals and our desires are all on the temporary side of eternity, and that side, and that, and that side it gets upended, and we feel those things slipping out of our grasp, then it creates worry. We worry about what we're going to eat. We worry about what we're going to wear. We worry about how we're going to live. And I'm not saying that there isn't reason for concern or reason to exercise wisdom, but I am saying we need to be careful that negative self-talk doesn't become God-doubt. Because we can be so negative toward ourselves that we begin to doubt God. And that's Jesus' next point in the Sermon on the Mount when he tells them, look, God is not this absentee father. 
When you ask, when your kid asks for food, you don't give him a stone. When he asks for a fish, you don't give him a snake. He says, you know how to give good gifts to your children. He says, guess what? God knows how to give good gifts to you. He's a better father than you are. He gives you gifts that help you walk the narrow way. But here's the thing. Don't spend your gifts. Don't take the good things that God gives you and try to use them to extract more of what you can from this world. That's not what it's about. It's never what it's about. And it isn't until we realize that negative self-talk and this self-defeating mentality is not just about it's not just about our perception of ourselves. It's about our perception of God. And it's not until we realize that that we begin to see how we can work through it. And it goes back to trusting in the Lord. Things are going bad right now financially? Trust in the Lord. Things are going bad right now in your marriage? Keep seeking first the kingdom of God. Don't feed into the worldly way of thinking. Things are going bad right now in your relationship with your children. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do everything I can to have a guest on next Wednesday's show. It might be too late to, to line one up for Saturday. And I might choose to say a little bit more about this negative self-talk on Saturday. But I'm going to be making some changes to man up. I want it to be better. I want it to grow. I want it to find more people. I want, I want the listeners to be in the thousands. Not because I need that for my ego. But because I really believe the things that we have to say are important. And I want you to be a part of that. I want you to join the Facebook community. I want you to interact on those posts. I want you to feel like when you hear my voice, there's somebody on the other end of the mic who is thinking about you and praying for you and trying to bring something to you that is a blessing from God. And I'd be doing the same thing with Biblically Speaking. Because the one thing I don't want this program or the other to become, I don't want it just to become something that I do. I want it to be something that I'm glad to do. Well, guys, that's all I have for today. It's probably the shortest episode I've ever done. But when you do what needs to be done, it's time to hang up the headphones. So until I talk to you again, have a good day. God bless. And man up. Dismissed!